What's up, Central Illinois? Derek Hayden here. Garrett and I love sharing all the awesome stories about our Central Illinois business leaders. We want to make sure our Central Illinois businesses are protected so we can continue to share all these great stories. That's why you should consider another great Central Illinois company, Pekin Insurance, for your business insurance needs. That's right. You can get all the commercial insurance coverages that your company needs from an excellent insurance company headquartered right here in Pekin, Illinois. Pekin Insurance offers comprehensive business coverage that lets you focus on what's important to you, employees, profits, and peace of mind. Ask your local Pekin Insurance agent about their commercial insurance products or learn more at PekinInsurance.com. You can also contact your favorite podcast host, Garrett, or myself, Derek, and we'll go beyond the expected for you. Welcome to the Central Illinois Business Leaders Podcast, where business owners, thought leaders, and community champions from across Central Illinois come to share their story. The Central Illinois Business Leaders Podcast. Anything less would be uncivilized. What's up, Central Illinois? I'm Derek Hayden. I'm here with Garrett Ulmer. We are your hosts for the Central Illinois Business Leaders Podcast, powered by Zambu. Zambu is a delicious grapefruit or wildberry vodka-based spirit infused with a Brazilian buzz button. It's smooth, tasty, and leaves you with a signature tingle. Learn more at ZambuLiquors.com. Zambu, taste the tingle. All right, Central Illinois, today's guest is a building developer in downtown Springfield, Illinois. He's also a sales manager for Stryker Medical. Ladies and gents of Central Illinois, please welcome David Lee. How are you doing, David? Doing great, guys. How are you? Doing good. Awesome. Yeah, we're we're pumped. So for you listeners out there, we are fresh off the Christmas break, yep. um, recording early in the morning. So um, we've got David here to, to get us out of the uh, four-day break funk, and we're getting ready to <laughs> just kick it off. So David, appreciate you joining us. Um, before we get into your story, I'm going to pass the mic over to Garrett. And he's going to take you through our speed round questions. Yep. Right. Kind of like we spoke about before, we've got six questions. If you can answer them under 60 seconds, you win the million dollar prize. So I hope you've studied up and are ready to roll. Let's do it. All right. First concert you ever attended. Oh, man. I think it was uh, Luke Bryan at oh, Accounting. I like it. There you go. Favorite movie? Uh, I got to say Christmas Vacation because I just watched it like six times over. (laughs) I hear you. My wife, if we do not watch that before Christmas, she is upset. So it's one of those things that we have to sneak in before Christmas every year. Favorite ice cream flavor? Ooh, I'll go uh, cookie dough. Oh, there you go. That's my favorite. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Favorite social media platform? Instagram. Last but not least, why Central Illinois? Uh, It's home for me, and uh, that means a lot. You only get one hometown. It's special. For sure. Perfect. We breeze through those pretty quick, Dave. Oh, kidding. I think you won the mill. Yeah, he's ready for the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, David. Bamboo? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So appreciate you sharing that, David. Um, What we'd like to do next is if you could share with our listeners um, your story. So, you can take us back as far as you'd like or start wherever you want. Bring us up to speed with where you are now and how you got there. Yeah, man. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm born and raised in Springfield. Uh, I went to Springfield High School, um, had a great experience there, played sports, went on to Augustana College, played football and baseball, which is in Rock Island, Illinois. Um, then lived in the Quad Cities for a few years after graduation, got into medical sales right out of school. 
with a company called Zimmer, which is a large orthopedic uh, medical device manufacturer, um, large company, definitely all around the world. Um, so it was on a sales team there. And then it was a job that brought me back to Springfield with another medical device company. So I was on a flight. It's kind of one of those stories uh, that, you know, it just almost doesn't sound real, but not that it's anything crazy. I was on a flight back from Vegas. There, I was sitting next to a guy that worked for this company that I then started working for. Um, he had never flown before, so he was talking my ear off. And uh, we kind of connected that he was uh, from the Iowa area. I was from Springfield originally, but living in Davenport. He said they were looking for somebody in Springfield to run the territory. Next thing you know, I'm working for them two weeks later, moving back to my hometown. Um, never really thought I'd move back. Uh, kind of thought like, you know, I'll go on to the big city, maybe Chicago, Denver, wherever. Um, the opportunities, you know, you kind of think as a young professional that there are a lot of opportunities in these other bigger cities. Um, so I moved back to Springfield. I was about 26, um, had this territory and then moved on to who I work for now, which is Stryker, still living here. Uh, but part of my story really with moving back to Springfield is I actually loved it. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, maybe stigma about moving back to a hometown or moving back to central Illinois. And uh, I've just been really blessed. And I think there's so much opportunity in central Illinois. And there's something special for me, at least, about coming back to your hometown, kind of being a part of the business community, part of the redevelopment of downtown Springfield, for me in particular, um, that's really meaningful. Um, it's I enjoy it. And I think there's way more opportunity than people think about. Very nice. Agreed. I, I think that most of the time you can make something of the area that you're at. If you want to, you can either, you know, be upset about it and complain or do something to help the situation, you know, yeah. so good for you. Yeah. So you are a building developer. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you've gone about developing buildings in downtown Springfield. Yeah. So when I moved back and uh, so I lived in uh, like a loft in downtown Davenport, which if you guys are familiar, somewhat similar size to Springfield. And there's a lot of redevelopment happening when I was living there and walked to the downtown amenities. And when I moved back to Springfield, I was like kind of comparing the two and we seemed to be a little bit behind. Um, so I was like, you know, I wanted to get involved, uh, kind of be a voice for young professionals in the area and uh, got on the uh, involved with downtown Springfield Inc, which is the main street organization for downtown um, and just kind of volunteered, you know, was on a couple of committees uh, talking about development and, and those sort of things. And just kind of fast forward, I started this uh, thing called Momentum on Main Street that we just kind of creative, uh, created based on a program uh, that was similar in Peoria. And so it was kind of about getting tools to small developers. So think somebody that you know owns a coffee shop and maybe lives above it or you know has a little boutique and owns the building. The whole idea was that incremental small scale development and not like the big state project or the big you know medical development or some big business moving into town that's not what's going to save a downtown or a city um, but it's going to be those small incremental steps done by business owners done by small scale developers that don't have millions of dollars right so our whole idea was to get those people in the same room get them collaborating um, give them tools and hopefully you know knock out some of the hurdles or perceived hurdles because there's certainly a lot of perceived hurdles um, especially in downtown it's just more complicated people think down there um, so we did that and, and we had this like really good community going and then COVID hit um, <laughs> and, you know, everybody's dealt with that and it kind of shut things down that what we were doing there, we hosted events, had great turnouts, all that. It was really fun. And then throughout COVID, I was, you know, I was uh, doing well in my career and uh, had some, you know, time and, and everything to really start thinking about how do I make an impact um, and really put some of my skin in the game. Um, so I went in with a, 
another business owner who actually owned Segment Reclaimed at the time, which was a, a custom woodworking business where they would take down barns and use the old reclaimed wood to build custom furniture. Cool. Um, and he's cool. also a Springfield firefighter. So we partnered up, bought two downtown buildings adjoining that were next to each other on Adams Street, which anybody who knows Springfield probably knows Adams Street. Um, it's kind of the, the popular street downtown. Um, and they were complete guts, like totally uh, just terrible on the inside, literally nothing besides brick walls. They're kind of those classic, you know, downtown buildings built in 1912, um, you know, skinny, long, just brick on each side. And uh, there was nothing in it, like no plumbing, no, no anything that hadn't been occupied or touched probably in 50 years, if I had to guess. I don't know. Wow. Um, my partner, Brian, almost got his head taken off by a pigeon when we were walking <laughs> in the room. You know, like there's pigeons living upstairs. It was, it was pretty bad. It was pretty ugly. And uh, to be honest, it was, you know, really a huge project to take on. Sounds um, like yeah, but it was a lot of fun. And, you know, we kind of just got to the point now after about a year, really, of kind of going through the, you know, planning process, working with architect, working with the city, um, everything that goes into, you know, redeveloping a building downtown and, and got those business, you know, tenants signed up businesses, which they were new, women owned businesses to go in there. One is a boutique um, and one is a wine bar, which is really adding cool. to the kind of diversity of downtown, which is great. And, um, and just amenities and attractions, because that's what people want. And uh, we got them open right before Thanksgiving of this year, 2022. It's quite a process, but uh, yeah, it's a ton of fun and learned a lot in the, in the process as well. That's very cool. I'm, yeah, I'm sure there had to have been. So did you guys do a lot of the renovations yourself or did you hire contractors? Yeah, yeah, we, we uh, did some of the work ourselves, but definitely with the scale of the project and kind of the, the time frame that was going to be required and us both, both working full-time jobs, yeah. uh, you know, we, we did hire out most of the, the work, gotcha. uh, did some of the demo stuff ourselves, you know, did, did some of the light work, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know about you guys, if you guys are like Mr. Fix-It home guys, no. No. I'm not really <laughs> not, <laughs> like, I probably did more work on this building than my own house. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was really, really fun. And, you know, there's so much complexity that goes into that and the inner workings of, you know, a city and we had to upgrade the water lines and, you know, the water service into the buildings, like it hadn't been touched since 1912, the infrastructure. Wow. <laughs> um, so just a lot of weird things and, you know, you uncover and, and so many little challenges and everything, but perseverance and, and keeping going is the key. I'm just Very imagining cool. the story of the, what kind of bird was it? It was a pigeon. Yeah. yeah. I just, it makes me think of great outdoors when, when the bat is in the house and, and him, yeah. you know, they're in there trying to get, Oh, don't say bats. That's, that's too soon. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But that's, yeah. so the, part of the reason we did this though, like, I mean, of course, do you want to, you know, financial return on your investment? You know, of course, right. That's any smart business owner is going to, you know, think about that and, and work for that. But for us really is like, this is our hometown. Um, we know, or, you know, I'm saying we, I'm speaking for him. I'll talk, talk for myself here. I know that, you know, for me, um, an area to be thriving, in my opinion, needs like a thriving city core and a thriving downtown. Um, that's sure. where the culture is, you know, probably the business activities, the history, um, which in Springfield is abundant, right? Like all the state jobs are down there, the, the capital, the old state capital, the Lincoln sites, you know, everything is, is kind of centered there. And that's where you think the most vibrant activity would be. Now, Springfield has unique challenges in that, you know, some state jobs left um, 10, 20 years ago and uh, probably are never coming back. So there are some vacancies downtown. Um, so there's unique challenges in every single city. 
uh, redevelopment and everything. But I'm excited about where it's going, though, too, because I think there's been kind of a renewed commitment um, to say that, hey, if we want to attract and retain young professionals and, and help our city grow at all um, going towards the future, then we need to you know, revitalize our downtown. Absolutely. Yep. So did you ever think that real estate would be the, uh, the thing that you were going to get into? You know, so I traveled uh, for my sales job um, pretty much between here and Chicago. And uh, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I mean, just uh, to be frank, like that's how I kind of got into it. I was listening to Bigger Pockets is a really big um, real estate podcast, probably the number one one in the world. And just listening for the, to that for years, I was like, you know, I really want to get into this and kind of do this in some of my side time. Um, plus, it kind of allows me that piece, you know, that heart piece, like a, being a part of the redevelopment. Um, it kind of allows you to have a hand in that and, and help businesses get started, um, see something old become new, which is something that I really love, and uh, being a part of that redevelopment process. So I didn't think that at first. Um, I certainly right. didn't have the money at first. Uh, but, you know, when, you, when you're dedicated to a goal and, and uh, it's, it's something fun that you can be a part of. Yeah. Right. You, you talked about the, the group that you started where people who want to invest on a smaller scale. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think a lot of people they get freaked out when they hear, you know, investing in real estate or buying real estate, flipping real estate, whatever it happens to be, because they think it's going to be, you know, they think, you know, Trump towers or that, you know, that's in their mind. It seems like a huge, there's no way I can go out and buy a commercial building or, you know, flip a residential home and sell it. So you're the group that you are with, do you guys collaborate together to identify smaller properties? I guess you would say to, to go at it together, or is it just a way to, brainstorm to help local smaller investors um, succeed in real estate investing? Yeah, so it's mostly to just educate people. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think most people think community over competition in a group like that, you know, they're, mm -hmm. they're not mm -hmm. like, oh, there's not enough deals for everybody or not enough whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, just getting like-minded people in the same room, I think that that's where the magic happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's where I've kind of made most of my connections uh, since I moved back to Springfield you know, was, was just being a part of that business community and doing things like that. That's, that's how through that networking, it wasn't through contacts I had from back in high school or anything like that. It was, yeah. you know, new relationships and, and fostering those and, and uh, helping each other out, which I think is, uh, is the key. Yeah. Awesome. So do you think that you will look to expand further? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would love to. Uh, you know, class. obviously it's a, it's a time thing and, uh, <laughs> and energy, you know, we, uh, my wife and I welcomed our little daughter into the world this year. So we have a six Congrats. month old. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. No, thank you. And uh, so new fatherhood and, uh, you know, dumping all my time into, you know, of course my, my child and my wife, um, uh, but also this project at the same time, because we were right in the midst of the renovation when she was born, uh, was quite a lot. So, you know, I got to weigh, weigh out those things always, of course, but I would love to do another project in downtown. Um, I'm actually doing another apartment building in a, in kind of central Springfield, not related to downtown that I'm going to close on um, okay. at the, at the end of January here. But um, yeah, I would love to get into another project downtown. Absolutely. Very cool. So is that going to involve some renovation as well, or is that thing ready to go? Uh, this one is, um, most of the way rented, it's an eight unit building. Oh, nice. Uh, okay. Residential apartment building, um, kind of near High B, MacArthur Boulevard. If yeah. You anything about yeah, very cool. so in that area. Um, trying to build up the portfolio. I mean, for me, uh, I want to build up that kind of passive, you know, it's not, it's not very passive. Like that's one thing <laughs> to 
people shouldn't be fooled by for getting into real estate for the first time, you know, kind of plan out what you want to do with how you want to approach your investment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very active and hands-on, but I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Cool. Nice. So you, you do it yourself. You don't really have a property manager managing it for you. You, you are, you're the guy. If there's a, you know, when I get to a scale that I want to see, I would, I would probably do that, but you yeah. know, you, you kind of want to get to, you know, people use different metrics, but um, so, you know, you can't really put anything on it, but you want to get to a certain scale where it makes sense, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yep. So you mentioned you played some football in college then. If yep. I remember right, were you a quarterback? I did play quarterback. Yep. Okay. Yep. There you go. So tell us about your football career. Um, I know you said Augustana, but uh, tell us a little bit about, I mean, did you break any records up there or, you know, how many touchdowns did you throw for? <laughs> oh man. Did Tom show give you, lead you on this? <laughs> a little bit. He keep me in on a little, <laughs> little info. Yeah. So I was, you know, I was fortunate to, to be able to play, um, which was the fun thing about division three, you know, I, uh, Springfield high, we were, uh, to be honest, we weren't very good. Uh, when I was there, we were kind of just starting a little bit of a renaissance in the program. A coach got hired when I was a junior in high school and, and we improved steadily. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I felt like I was under-recruited, of course. I think everybody does. Uh, and, you know, thought about walking on and uh, at a larger school, you know, Division One school, had a lot of uh, opportunities with that. But ultimately chose to go to Augustana and play football and baseball because um, I was pursuing a baseball career as well as a pitcher. You know, it's all about all about the arm. There you go. And, uh, I tore my labrum and my throwing shoulder. I started my sophomore year in football at quarterback. Um, in the last second to last game of the year, I tore my labrum. That ended my baseball career. Um, but yeah, I was able to start for three years. I did set most of the passing records at the school. Um, the cool thing was, you know, very unique to Augustana was we had a former NFL MVP that went to Augustana, Ken Anderson. Really? Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> so you, yeah, I mean, we're younger people that are, you know, like our dad's age, which probably remember Ken Anderson. Uh-huh. I think he was an MVP in like 1970, 1974, something like that, putting the Super cool. Bowl. Um, for the Cincinnati Bengals. And he went to Augustana from Batavia, Illinois. And uh, he was Big Ben's coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers, a quarterback oh, okay. coach for many, many years. And uh, he actually came back to Augustana for the first time when I was there because he had a long coaching career in the NFL. And so obviously he was always coaching. Uh-huh. And he ended up back. And uh, one funny thing is that guy still had a cannon. Uh, really? <laughs> like 65 or whatever, 70 maybe. Uh-huh. And uh, he could catch because he was a little upset that I broke. So I broke his records awesome uh, and uh so he was you know he's a competitive guy sure and, uh, we so we, we threw the ball around a little bit and i mean he could still sling it man it was yeah, uh, that's it awesome was impressive being like 70 years old um that's great. But, you know, it's, it's cool meeting him and he was a you know down-to-earth guy and uh playing a couple of golf tournaments with him uh for like football reunions and just a an awesome guy with a super impressive resume so that's, that's cool. yeah yeah that's I a just story to show you those with, competitive yeah. juices don't shut off you know oh, what yeah. i mean absolutely yeah he's <laughs> he like in the second round second or third round in the nfl draft out of augustana that's nuts so, that's, awesome. <laughs> that's almost unheard of yeah so do you feel like you took some of the things that you learned playing college sports um and are able to apply those to you know, your current roles as a sales manager for Stryker and uh, developing downtown Springfield? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm, I mean, I was a captain of most of the teams I played on and including in college and everything. And you have, you know, 100 plus guys from different backgrounds, different areas. Um, and, you know, downtown Springfield obviously is, you know, diverse and unique, like probably more so than any other spot in town, right? It's the city core. Mm-hmm. It's There's a lot of different things going on. 
um, and you deal with a lot of people, you know, going through the development process. Um, you know, we went through a TIF process, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, yeah. but it involves, you know, a city council vote and getting some city funding. It was for that water infrastructure project that I was mentioning. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you're dealing with a lot of different personalities. So, you know, kind of dipped into a little bit of the, the politics of it um, and just navigating all the processes. You deal with so many different personalities, people that, you know, may or may not understand your challenges. So, you know, I think in business, like the the whole just getting along with people and dealing with different people and, and helping, you know, of course, in sales, um, helping them, you know, see their challenges and how you can provide a solution or vice versa um, is, is key. And communication is a big key to that. Yeah. That's great. Man, that's pretty cool. We, we've never had a, a record holder. Now we did have a national champion on the podcast with, uh, uh, Seth Zeller. He, he won the, he was on the yeah. basketball team that won the national championship at Illinois Wesleyan. So oh. now we've oh. got our, that's, oh, yeah. that's his biggest rival. Is it really? <laughs> uh, yeah. This would have been in I think, well, 97, like 97 ish was. Yeah. I want to say won. it was in the nineties somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. Mid, yeah. mid to late nineties. So, man, we just we've got some all stars on the podcast now. So sweet. Yeah. Well, that's very cool, David. That's a good story. Um, so we'll finish up here. Tell us a little about a little bit about your role at Striker Medical. Yeah. Well, the cool thing about Striker, I don't know if you guys know anything about the company. It's a super large, you know, Fortune 200 medical device manufacturer. Um, everything's made in the U.S., made in Kalamazoo, Michigan at the corporate headquarters. And uh, one thing that's really cool is, you know, our mission statement at Striker is making healthcare better. Um, it's that simple. And there's a ton of different divisions at Striker, from orthopedic implants, like a knee implants. That's what I used to do. Now I sell life-saving medical equipment to pre-hospital EMS. So think like an ambulance company or a fire department, mm -hmm. the cardiac monitors they use and that they would shock somebody back with from a heart attack, yeah. um, automated CPR devices. So really fun equipment uh, to sell to these people because it helps them do their job and it helps them save lives. Um, yeah. So it's, it's really fun. It's a huge impact in the community. Like I deal with a lot of volunteer departments um, where these people work a full-time job and then, you know, they they get a 911 call and they go out, you know, from their bed at 3 a.m. to go save somebody's life. And our equipment helps them do that and helps them take care of the community. So it's a it's a super rewarding job and I really love it. And uh, it helps me, you know, help help people make their community better, which is what I love doing in my community. Um, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, that is. Now cool. do you cover a fairly large radius or how, how large an area do you cover then? Yeah, basically I-72 to I-80 kind of okay. roughly is my territory. I've covered all the way down to, to Cairo, to the tip of the state. Um, at certain yeah. points, our, our territories always change and unfortunately get smaller every year. Um, but uh, that's kind of the, the way of, you know, uh, the corporate sales environment. But yeah, it's uh, it's really fun. And, you know, I, I love I love what I do. It's, it's fun. And I get to, you know, kind of do these other things on the side as well that I've taken up. So it's a really good arrangement. Yeah. Awesome. That's, that's cool. So I'm, I'm going to jump into the sales, get, put your sales hat on here. Yeah. So how do you go about selling this equipment to your customers and prospects? Is it phone calls, in-person visits? How do you do it? Uh, mostly in-person visits. You know, most people are familiar with Striker. I mean, it is the industry leader. Um, so, you know, we have great equipment. We're confident in that. And we know that, you know, we can kind of solve their challenges and make their lives better. Um, so one of the, the big things in EMS is those workers, you know, think about people lifting people all the time. And unfortunately, our population is getting bigger. We have devices that help them do that because they get hurt on the job quite a bit. 
Um, so that's that's a fun one to sell. Obviously, our like automated CPR devices. I don't know if you guys have ever to do CPR. I hope you haven't. It's very tiring, um, and you know you do it for more than two minutes, and you're not doing effective CPR. And um, the responses that people get from 911 calls with people going out is very limited. Um, people don't like hearing this that are not in the field because it kind of scares you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of challenges in real EMS. So I take it as a consultant role. Like we sell uh, expensive equipment. Our equipment is not cheap. Um, it's very much needed. It's not like a want usually. It's a, it's a need. Um, so it's fun to sell, but I take it from that consultant role. Like what are your guys' challenges? For a lot of places, it's that we don't have enough people. And of course, that's everywhere right now. But especially in EMS, like it's a very tough field. Um, they're not paid like they should be, and they're doing life-saving work, right? So let me help you get that equipment that you need, you guys need and uh, be your advocate. There's a lot of um, federal funding sometimes, and especially through COVID, there's been a lot of that. So I, I kind of almost acting as an advocate for sometime, them sometimes a lot um, to help them get other funding or grant sources or you know from the CARES Act or American Rescue Plan funding on the federal level. There was a lot of that that flew down into fire and EMS. So that's how I approach it, the consultant role. Um, I don't want to sell a brochure. You know, I want to find out their needs, try to fulfill their needs, which I know we can do. Yeah. That's right. awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So are you driving to the, sorry, going back to the sales side, yeah. are you, are you driving a lot to get in front of these people? Yeah. Um, yeah okay. Um, okay. People love to, you know, touch and feel right. Like they, yeah. our products are something they use. So they want to feel it. They want to try it. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, even throughout COVID, I mean, Maybe I shouldn't be saying that, but like I was going to places the whole time and, uh, you know, and ultimately that helped me because, you know, some of my competitors were not doing that. Um, Sure. Yeah. Yes. You know, getting out there and getting in front of customers, helping them and, you know, because they never stopped that. In fact, they got busier and they had more challenges. Mm -hmm. uh, Right. Yeah. Well, what Garrett and I found in our roles is the bigger the town, the harder it was to, to go in person to meet with people. Yeah. Most of the rural, like you're mentioning, the, the volunteer, you know, sized yep. uh, organizations, those are the ones we were able to get in front of in person. But the reason this podcast started was because we weren't able to get in front of the business owners and the bigger, uh, you hate to say bigger, you know, like Matt Toon's a big, you know, a big city. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, but it is in, in our area. Oh, you're right, though. Bigger I mean, town, Effingham, yep. those, yep. you know, Springfield, Decatur, those are some bigger central Illinois yeah. communities but it was harder to get in front of business owners. So we had to get creative. So I didn't know if you had to get creative or not, or if you were able to just continue the way you're doing it. Yeah. It, I mean, it was a little bit of creativity and I mean, actually Decatur ambulance, you guys are probably familiar with them because yep. they're mm-hmm. yep. yep. or did it or I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I actually, I won a competitive trial during COVID in 2020 with them. And I think a big part of that was I was on site. I was uh, helping the crews as they were trying our equipment mm-hmm. Um helping them use it. And I, I think that was something that contributed to me winning the deal versus a competitor. Um, but yeah, Decatur, very familiar with the area for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Well, a few more questions and we'll, we're actually pretty close to the 30 minute mark, David. So you said you're a big podcaster, bigger pockets was one of your top ones. Any other podcasts you would recommend to Garrett and I and the listeners? Yeah, I, uh, I really like Ed Milet. I don't know if you guys know yep. him. He's kind of another, I'm big into the personal development stuff yeah. and okay. fitness. Yeah. And um, I also listen to um, Real AF with Andy Frisella. I don't know if you there guys you know. Um, uh-huh. So I'm actually doing 75 hard right now. Oh, cool. good for you. Um, I've done Man, it before. a tough time of year for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the little cold snap we had was definitely a challenge for sure. 
yeah. these last couple of days, but you know, that's the thing, no excuses. And that's right. Honestly, that's helped me in my sales career. So I did 75 hard, uh, for the first time about a year and a half ago. Cool. Uh, okay. And part of the reason I did it was because I had my biggest year in sales ever. And uh, I kind of turned around the next year and I was like, how am I going to do this again? You know, I, I live in a very rural area for um, where our other kind of account managers and, and sales managers live. Most of them mm -hmm. are in metro areas. So generally, you know, my, my territory would not perform like theirs, you would think. Um, so I, I knew that I needed to run it back and, you know, I got a bigger quota the next year and it, it never stops, right? Like you have to keep delivering. And uh, I was like, I, I need to do something to really dial myself in even more and take, take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, it's no drinking for 75 days, two workouts a day, one's outside dieting, um, drinking a gallon of water, all this stuff. Yeah. And uh, honestly, it was life-changing. It was one of the probably top five most like life-changing moments of my life going through that process. And, uh, I'm doing it again now. Just, you know, just want to keep sharpening the ax and, yeah. uh, keep getting better every day. And, um, you know, I want to do more of all the things I'm doing. I want to, of course, want to sell more. I want to, you know, be more present with my family, be a better father, um, be better for my community. I want to buy more buildings. I want to develop more. If I'm going to do all these things, like I have to be my best self. Um, so that's why I'm doing it again. Awesome. Well, thanks for motivating us. We yeah. appreciate Where's it. Where's the brick wall? I'm ready to run through it. Yeah, so let's go. That's, the, that's those football days, guys. That's right. Can't, can't let the competitive awesome. spirit. Yeah. Can't nice. Let it go. So part of 75 hard is reading 10 pages a day. Is that right? That's yeah. That's what's right. your, what's your book of choice right now? So right now I'm reading a Tim Grover book. Okay. He, he yep. was a uh, Michael Jordan's, uh, you know, fitness coach or yep. personal development coach. Um, yep. Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, he, he coached a lot of NBA guys. Yeah. And, uh, he has some awesome stuff. I would highly recommend him. I'm reading relentless right now. Okay. Um, it's all, it's all about the the mindset and the attitude. And, you know, that's, that's the fun thing that I really love about business and especially sales, of course, is, uh, you know, yeah, I, I played all these sports back in the day and everything. And, you know, we can talk about our, our old accolades, but who cares, right. Unless you're doing something now. Yeah. Um, and you know, the business field is, you know, you do it in the right ways, you do it with ethics and morality and all that, but uh, it gets the competitive juices flowing a little bit, right? And, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I, I love this kind of personal development and, and that kind of stuff, yeah. Great, awesome. Well, I like it. Um, anything else before we hop off of here, David, that you would like to share with the listeners? Any in words of inspiration or anything that might be coming in the near future with developing downtown Springfield? If not, you can yeah. tell me to shut up and we'll keep going. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, I could talk about this stuff all day. I love this. So thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, fun. great. But uh, yeah, I would just really encourage people, you know, to kind of like think locally. I mean, that's kind of a big movement with support local, shop local, invest local, all this stuff. Like it, it really does matter. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but like corporations getting bigger and bigger, um, I, I don't think is maybe the best thing. Um, you know, how much more juice can we squeeze out of the, you know, proverbial apple or whatever. Um, so really encouraging people just to like invest in their local community. And I know that this uh, listener base is probably business owners, you know, just kind of encouraging them like this is your home, um, you know, not only to expand and, you know, do well in your business, because that's your obligation, actually, uh, but to also get involved, um, you know, maybe do some of this development work that's hard, you know, like buying a downtown space. Um, the reason I did it is because I want to see Springfield be a better place to live. And I want to help attract like the next generation, like myself, um, to this community. Otherwise, you know, if we're not growing, we're dying, uh, which unfortunately, you know, the statistics in Illinois say that, you know, we're, we're doing a little bit of the, the dying part. Um, so doing your part, I think is very important to, uh, 
Yeah. Right. Awesome. Well, thank you, David. Stick around after we hit the stop button and I'll, I'll ask you, I have a few questions for you. So, all right. <laughs> but until then, Hey, all you listeners, make sure you are subscribing to the CIBL podcast on your favorite podcast platform. While you're listening, give us a quick review. You can also find us on social media, mainly on LinkedIn and Facebook, and you can connect with Garrett and I there as well. Until next time, David, you've officially been civilized. Thanks for coming on the show, man. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Central Illinois Business Leaders Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash CIBL podcast. You can also follow us on LinkedIn. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. It's the civilized thing to do.